0: What are you going to tell the company? Goodbye. Nobody just walks away. Watch me. He's looking for a second chance. Great car. It's older than me. I got socks older than you. And that's his first mistake. What happened to this town? It's discovered toxic waste. Uh, this rich guy Delaney moved in, I'm trying to buy everything. Thomas Jefferson said the tree of freedom must be nourished from time to time with blood. Interesting man. Mm -hmm. want me to take care of him? Well, Joe's the only thing I've got. After I'm gone, the lady's gonna come down on you harder than ever. He's just a landowner. He's playing God in this valley. I I dedicate my body, my brain, and my soul to our sacred covenant. it down. all right the arena has been contained and the playing field defined. so what are you gonna do malone shoot me i came to kill you i know Come on! you shouldn't We should be on the same side. We're so much alike. I'm afraid you're right. Burt Reynolds, Lauren Hutton, and Cliff Robertson. Malone. Hello everyone, welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast. What are we looking at this time? We're looking at the 1987 movie Malone, starring Burt Reynolds, Lauren Hutton, and Cliff Robertson. This was a weird time for Burt Reynolds. This was He's coming down from being a huge box office star, being really the number one star in the world for quite some time. Now he's in this limbo where his movies aren't doing well. At this time, there were rumors circulating that he had AIDS, had something to do... He got his jaw smashed on the set of City Heat. I talked about that in that podcast. Bad time for Burt Reynolds. So this movie did not do too well. It had a $10 million budget, only brought $3 million in. Was it as bad as it was? Is that why it didn't make money? Well, we'll take a look, see what happened. The movie opens, and there's a plane flying. It's over mountains. We get the credits over this placid plane ride. The plane lands, and a man steps out. And we immediately see a scope, a rifle scope, like you see in the movies with the crosshair. So this guy is squarely in the crosshairs, and there's sort of a crossfade. So we see this guy walking down the tarmac away from the plane, and then we see Burt Reynolds. And he's the one with the rifle, and he's got him in his sights. And we see Burt Reynolds squint his eyes, shake his head, and then we cut to him talking to Lauren Hutton. And apparently he's in the CIA. And he's telling Lauren Hutton, he's like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And Lauren Hutton's like, you know you can't walk away from the agency. And he's like, watch me. And then we cut to him driving through the mountains. So the movie gets going pretty quickly. We pretty much establish within that first 45 seconds of the movie, Burt Reynolds used to be an assassin for the CIA. He can't do his job anymore. He has quit. Lauren Hutton says that you can't quit the agency that's where we are man that was a ton of exposition in a short amount of time but I appreciate it I know what's going on in the movie and it didn't take a lot of time Burt Reynolds is driving around in his car the car breaks down and he starts pushing the car he's in the middle of nowhere by the way And this is 1987 so there's no GPS he probably had a map I don't know. It's never shown. Why would you push your car? You have no idea where you're going. And he pushes his car for God knows how long. Now, it's a, it's a nice-looking car, but the smart thing would have been to lock up the car, go find help, come back for the car. But he pushes it, and I don't know how long, but he eventually comes up to this gas station. He finds this little town. We're in Oregon that's where the movie the movie is filmed in Canada but it takes place in Oregon and we find out that later through paperwork it's not stated that it's in Oregon that's how we find out anyway jumping ahead he gets up to this gas station and this young girl comes up doesn't say hi doesn't say anything and just says you push I'll steer and so he starts pushing And she's steering, and they have this conversation. She's like, what year is the car? And he's like, 69. And she's like, it's older than me. And he's like, I have socks older than you. That's going to become a thing in this movie. I don't know why this movie did this, but this girl, they push it to the gas station. And this girl is the daughter of the gas station owner. She can't be more than 16, 17 at the most. Burt Reynolds is playing somebody in his late 40s, early 50s in this movie. And they set it up like there is sexual chemistry between these two. No! It's totally inappropriate from the first time. And I, you think about it, okay, she looks at him, stranger in town, she might be infatuated, but he returns. He returns it, which is nothing, uh, we'll get into it, but... Check mark, no! Right at the beginning of the movie, no! Inappropriate! Well, he gets the car to the gas station. They look at it and it's like, hey, it's the transmission. What's it gonna take? It's gonna take a couple of days. He goes, I don't have the parts. And Burt Reynolds says, fine, is there a motel in town? And the guy says, no. Burt Reynolds says, I'll sleep in my car. Now, while all this is happening, another car pulls up. The daughter and the father look at each other. And the father says to the daughter, Don't start anything. The daughter walks over there, and it's this guy, and it's a business suit, and his hair slicked back. So, bad guy! Bad guy! Bad guy! Bad guy alert! And it's the bad guy. He's there on behalf of Mr. Delaney. And some words are spoken, and it's just made clear that Mr. Delaney is not a patient man. And he drives away. Then the daughter says, Pa, he had the keys to the Jeep and that grocery list. I'm going to town. And Burt Reynolds goes, can I go to town too? I need a razor. So this father lets this man that he just met drive into town with his teenage daughter. Worst father ever. What? You don't know this guy? Yeah, driving to town with my teenage daughter. It's just, Wow. I am not a father, I am not married, I don't have any kids, and even I could say, that's stupid! Well, we drive into town, and of course, on the way there, we get a little exposition. She starts asking Burt Reynolds some questions. See so he up here for the fishing? I don't know how to fish. I'm just traveling through. Everybody knows how to fish. Where are you going? Traveling around, here and there. Sounds great. Does it? Isn't one place just like another? I wouldn't know. The only other place I've been is Montana. I used to live there with my mom. Your mom still lived there? Nope. She died. You married? No. Didn't think so. We get into town and the town is dying. Store closed, store closed, store closed. Sign after sign after sign. Store closed. Business closed. And I know what you're thinking, Scott, is this a typical movie where a rich man's trying to buy up a small town? Yes, it is. That's exactly the plot of this movie. Now, there's a little twist on it, and I'll talk about that later, but that's the plot. Rich man trying to buy out of town, and some people won't sell. Story as old as time itself. We cut back to uh, the gas station and Burt Reynolds, and I'm just going to call him dad for the rest of the podcast. The owner of the gas station, I'm just going to call him dad. Dad tells Burt Reynolds, yeah, this guy wants to buy all of our town. And then he invites him in for dinner. And while they're having dinner, the father says, we have a spare room so you won't have to sleep in your car. So now Burt Reynolds is in the house. And the next day, Burt Reynolds and the father is downstairs working on his car. And while this happens, the daughter goes through Burt Reynolds' room. She goes through his closet, finds a huge wad of money in one of his coat pockets. Looks under the bed and finds a couple of books on how to gamble. And this, I don't know if this was a connection to his pre, one of the, the movie he did, or one of the a movie he did not too long before this was a movie called Heat. Check that out on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. And that was all about a guy that was trying to gamble his way out of trouble. Well, not only does she find a wad of cash, she finds this locked box under his bed. And she looks up on the dresser, and there are a set of keys. And the set of keys on the dresser unlock. Why would you go through the trouble of buying a box to lock up whatever's in that box and hide it under the bed and then put your keys two feet from the box? Have the keys on. The purpose, oh, man. This is just lazy, expositional writing. Why even lock the box? It's so stupid. Just don't even lock the box because it makes Burt Reynolds look like an idiot. She opens the box, and there's a gun in it. So now she's worried. And there she hears a, a car honk outside. And so she, you know, quickly puts, the, puts everything back the way she found it, opens the door, and Burt Reynolds is standing there. And he just says... You've got a customer outside. She, she says that she was in his room to make his bed. She goes downstairs and she asks her dad, "It's like, how long is it going to take to repair this car? And he's like, a couple of days. She's like, good. So she doesn't tell her dad about the gun in Burt Reynolds' room. Then the next scene, we see this guy ride up on a bike and he starts yelling at the father. He's like, when is my tractor going to be done? When is my tractor going to be done? You said it. And he's like, the father walks away. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said it'd be done by this certain time. It'll be done by this certain time. And the guy apologizes. He's a little agitated because Delaney is pressing him to sell as well. A lot of people are leaving, but there's pockets of people are staying. And now Delaney is trying to, you know, get these people to move. Well, he came on a bike and he starts riding away on the bike. Now, While this conversation is happening, Delaney's second in command, that was the guy who was at the gas station earlier, is talking to these two guys in a car. One guy in the car says, I can do this. I can do this. Then we cut to the guy leaving the gas station on a bike and these other guys come roaring in and hit him and he goes flying. So they literally ran him down. The next scene, the sheriff shows up, and the two in the car claim it was an accident, that this car ran out in front of them. It, they had to swerve, and they had that's why they hit this guy. And there was a car that ran out in front of him, and, they, and he was part of the scheme as well. And the sheriff, quote-unquote, pretends to be taking this seriously. We find out later that the sheriff is bought as well. And the daughter freaks out. It's like, why why are you pretending? They ran him down. He wouldn't sell to Delaney. And now he's dead. And the sheriff is still pretending. Is like, hey, if this was an accident, I'll prove it. If this was murder, I'll prove it. And he talks to Burt Reynolds. And he's like, are you the guy with the car? And Burt Reynolds is like, wow, I guess that's big news around here. And he asks Burt Reynolds what he saw. Burt Reynolds claims he didn't see anything. Burt Reynolds saw the whole thing. But he claims he didn't say anything because he's on the run from the CIA. He he wants to keep a low profile, no problems, no trouble. The next is a story. The father walks with a limp. And the next is a scene where the father explains how he he got his limp in Vietnam. And the thing about this scene is the sound is so poor. I couldn't understand what the father was saying. So all I know is that he got his leg messed up in Vietnam. That's all I know. I don't know how it happened because I couldn't hear the movie. And then he asked Burt Reynolds if he was in Vietnam. And Burt Reynolds says yes in 1961. And he's like, that was a little early. And Burt Reynolds is like, not for me. So he's dropping hints that he's a bit mysterious. I'm going to say this right now. Not a lot happens in this movie. It is a slow, chugging movie with very, very little action. Usually that's okay in a Burt Reynolds movie because, I've said this before, Burt Reynolds is a great actor, in my opinion. He's very fun. He's very boisterous in his roles, but this one he plays a low-key, quiet guy. So all that fun, entertaining stuff you usually get from a Burt Reynolds character is not in this movie. So we get a slow moving movie with a dull Burt Reynolds, and that is not a good combination. The next scene, everybody's at the funeral, including Burt Reynolds, which I found odd. Why would a stranger go to another stranger's funeral? Just weird. Paying respects to a man you never met, never talked to him. Now, I guess he's going on behalf of the father and the daughter. But remember, he's only been there for one day. And it doesn't even need to happen. We don't even need the funeral scene. The only thing that happens at the funeral scene is there are there are a few holdouts that tell the father, like, if you don't sell, we don't sell. And we could have gotten that anywhere. So the funeral scene, it's weird and unneeded. Now we get a caption, Los Angeles. And we see this cab pull up to a building. And we see these feet get out of the cab. And we see these feet walk up the stairs into a building. And then we cut to a guy and he's walking down a hallway and he turns and he walks into a building and there's a man sitting behind the desk. And the guy who walks in, he has a briefcase and he puts it down on the table. And I want to say this is a, a very cleverly written scene. I like this scene. Because the guy starts talking to the man behind the desk and he's like, well, you know what? Word has it that you're trying to make some changes. And the guy behind the desk is taking it as a compliment. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm out there working." Well, I'll, you know, well, the people I've worked for, they've gotten wind of what you're trying to do. And once again, he's taking it as a compliment. <laughs> and he opens the briefcase and he says, "I work for a very, very rich man and he would he would like to make a donation." And then he pulls out a gun with a silencer and blows him away. I like that scene. I thought that was a very, very well-written scene. I thought it was smart what the guy you know the assassin is saying is true but the guy is taking it the wrong way but the way the guy but the way the assassin said it made the guy sort of lower his guard well yeah of course yeah well thank you i'm trying to do my best for the people and then pew 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 did it. then we get this guy he comes back home and he goes into a mansion and it's this is our introduction to cliff robertson And Cliff Robertson is the main bad guy. The next scene is Burt Reynolds. He's out smoking on a porch, on the porch of the house. The daughter comes out, starts talking to him. Once again, they're trying to get the sexual chemistry between them, which is just creepy and just off-putting. And Burt Reynolds is like, when did you find my gun? She's like, are you a bad guy? And then he does that thing where he answers a question with a question, do you think I'm a bad guy? She's like, no. And he smiles. And she goes to bed. Nice investigative work on her part. Now, she's just a kid. So I'm going to cut her slack on not pressing him. But she's just a kid. So God, don't flirt with him. And for God's sake, Bert, don't flirt with her. Oh, it is wrong. Cliff Robertson, we cut back to his house. His deal is he is in charge of this militia trying to take back America. That's his deal. He And it's not really clear. Wants, I guess he wants to buy up the town to make the town a giant camp where he can train these people. I'm guessing it's not really made super clear why he wants to buy the town. But that's his thing. He wants to take America back for the Patriots. So he is training these people. And they're going to go back all over the world and then put his training, you know, get the works going on that. And then there's a small little scene at this country club where all these men are around Cliff Robertson. And they're like, we want you to run for Senate. He's like, nope, I don't want to do it because Cliff Robertson knows he has more power where he is now and what he's doing than he would ever have in the Senate. Now we cut to a scene where Burt Reynolds and the daughter are walking. I guess they're walking into town, and they're walking across a bridge, and this truck pulls up, and it's one of the guys that ran down the guy on the bicycle. He's in the truck with a couple of his buddies, And he starts talking nasty to the girl. They get out. And then he threatens Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds, at first, he's trying, I don't want any trouble. Just leave us alone. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. And the guy, he's a big, he's a large man. And he keeps pushing Burt Reynolds. And he's like, nope, now you made me mad. Now you hurt my feelings. Now I have to do something. And Burt Reynolds proceeds to kick his ass. Kicks him in the balls, smashes his nose, boxes his ears in, throws him into the truck, cracks his skull. And then there's a line, anybody else? And nobody takes him up. And then we cut to a scene of Bert washing the blood off of his hands. And the daughter is like, did you enjoy doing that? He's like, no. But you were so good at it. That's two different things, isn't it? The tortured assassin, I'm good at killing. I'm good at my job, but it's starting to wear on my conscience now. And there's more awkward flirting. Ugh. Well, now Cliff Robertson's second-in-command tells Cliff about what happened. You know, about the fight. And now Cliff is interested in Malone. He wants to know more about Malone. Cliff's second-in-command says, I guess I could get the guy's brother the guy who got the shit kicked out of him, I can get his brother to see what Malone is made of. And the next scene is Cliff Robertson's second command talking to the guy's brother. Wow, he may never have kids. He's going to be in the hospital for months. It's a shame what Malone did to him. And he starts feeding him drinks. He's getting him drunk and he's getting him riled. While this is happening, Malone and the father drive into town and they go to the barber shop. And the second in command sees this, and he slides a gun to the guy's brother. And that guy, with the gun, drunk, walks across town into the barbershop. shop. And Burt Reynolds is sitting in a sitting in a barber chair, and he has a paper across his lap. The guy's about to shoot him, and Burt Reynolds says, "Well, Burt Reynolds does this." That was my brother. You almost killed. You know he can't have children now. That could be a blessing. Get your ass out of that chair. C- Calvin, please. Shut up, Andy! I said up, you son of a bitch. You're acting stupid. Stupid? Stupid, am I? You want in the back, I swear. I don't much like it that way. <laughs> You're making a mistake. What if I pull your fucking head off right now? How would that be, huh? You know what I got? What you got under that newspaper? How do I know you're not bluffing? You don't. Andy. I want you to walk up to this newspaper... tell me exactly what he's got underneath there. I bet all you find is his pecker and a teeny one at that. do I, Calvin. Don't let him mess with you. <laughs> Hurry up, Andy. Calvin, I. God damn it, don't argue with me! Just do it, Andy! I wouldn't do that, Andy. You're liable to stop a bullet. You ain't got nothing under there. Why don't you come and take a look? Oh no. Oh no. guy backs off and Burt Reynolds pulls down the paper and it wasn't a gun it was just his finger under the gun and he walks outside and Cliff Robertson second in command goes I guess everybody's right you are a chicken shit and the guy just snaps and he runs back in he just pulls the barber chair full of holes but Burt Reynolds is now behind him with his gun and he's like freeze drop it and the guy turns around to shoot him, and Burt Reynolds just blows him away. One shot, boom. Blood all over the barbershop. Now we're at the police department. The sheriff is grilling Burt Reynolds. Now Where are you from? Who are you? Where'd you get that gun? Burt Reynolds is tight-lipped about it. Then the sheriff leaves, and we walk into his office, and Cliff Robertson is on the phone and he basically blows past the sheriff and says, "You know what? I'd like to talk to this guy." And the sheriff is like, abba, 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 abba. "Okay." So now it's apparent that not only has Cliff Robertson bought the town, he's also bought the sheriff. And Cliff Robertson and Burt Reynolds sit down in a little room together, and this was a nice scene. It was just two old actors acting against each other. And I really enjoyed it. It was very, very minimal acting. It wasn't over the top. It was two fine actors showing us their craft. And what comes out during this is Cliff Robertson thinks that Burt Reynolds has been sent there to kill him. So here is the twist on this movie. Yes, we've seen movies where a guy is trying to buy up a town. And usually when this happens, somebody is sent to kill this guy. Well, the twist in this movie is nobody was sent to kill this guy. Burt Reynolds' car literally broke down in this town. Burt Reynolds has no idea who this man is. I don't think at this point Burt Reynolds really cares who this man is. So this guy in his head has concocted that Burt Reynolds is after him and he keeps poking and poking and poking Burt Reynolds till Burt Reynolds... Finally, does come after him. So, I thought that was a nice twist that this guy has created his own downfall through his paranoia that this guy is after him. When at this point, nobody is after him. He doesn't even, he just knows the name Delaney from people talking about around town. But at this point, Burt Reynolds doesn't give two shits about this guy. Cliff Robertson tells him to let him go because Cliff is in charge. Now, while the sheriff was trying to find out who this guy was, he sent on a teletype, it was intercepted by the CIA, and some bigwig in the CIA goes up to Lauren Hutton, says, we found Malone, we're sending you to kill him because he trusts you. And he gives her this poison, It's like you coat it on the side of a glass, it'll dry, there's no odor, there's no aftertaste, and it'll look like he had a heart attack. And this is the exact same way Jan Michael Vincent killed Charles Bronson in The Mechanic. Check out that podcast here on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. The sheriff drives him back to the gas station to his room and they ransack his room looking for any other guns. They don't find any other guns. And then the father says, you know, once we get your car fixed, we need you to leave. Burt Reynolds is like, "Mm, okay, And the father's like, don't you want to know why? And Burt Reynolds like, nope. And the father's like, it's my daughter. It's the only thing I have. I can't let anything happen to her. And then, of course, Burt Reynolds is like, don't you understand? Once I'm gone, there'll be nobody here to protect you. He'll have carte blanche. And they're like, we're tough. And Burt Reynolds like, yeah, you don't know what tough is. Well, the next scene is we see the daughter in her room. And then she walks out of her room, knocks on the door of Burt Reynolds' room. He's like, door's open. She walks in and closes the door behind her. And now she's alone in Bert Reynolds' room. This is so wrong. Why is this happening in this movie? I don't know why. And it's like, they have this weird, awkward hug, and it looks like he's going to bend down and kiss her, and he's like, he finally is like, His anti-pedophilia kicks in. He's like, you better go back to your room. Because we've done enough flirting for one night. Well, the father is outside. Yeah, great father here. It's like, you know, he's outside smoking while his daughter is trying to seduce a 55-year-old man. Burt Reynolds asks the father where Delaney lives. The father's like, why? And Burt Reynolds is like, you don't want to know. And then we cut to the next scene where Burt Reynolds... His car is still up on a rack, and he goes under his car and pulls out this shotgun, which he had under his car. Which I don't believe at all, because the first half of the the film, those two were working under the car. There's no way that gun was still there, not being noticed. The next day, the dad's like, I gotta run into town. You wanna come with me? Talking to the daughter, and the daughter's like, no, I'll stay here. And he's like, okay, yep gonna leave my daughter alone with a 55 year old pedophile upstairs i want my trophy dead of the year and he leaves her there with him while this happens a car pulls up she runs out and it's two bad guys what cliff robertson has done is he has hired a couple of hitmen from new york he's hired professionals because burt reynolds deserves professionals There's another trope for you. He's a professional. He deserves a professional. You know, they scare the daughter into telling them that Burt Reynolds is in the house. One of them is keeping an eye on the car and the daughter. And the other one walks up to the house. And at the last minute, she finally yells, Malone! And he instinctively rolls off the bed and shoots the window and blows this guy away. So just from shouting Malone, he knew that there was trouble. Not like, Malone! Could you bring me a screwdriver? And then the other guy starts, uh, he has like a machine gun, and and he clips Malone in the side. When he clips Malone in the side, he he doesn't turn around and blow the daughter. I don't understand that. The daughter is right there. I guess he wasn't hired to kill the daughter. That's why he doesn't kill the daughter. And he drives away, and Malone shoots the gas tank of his car and blows up. So these two professionals from New York, Malone blew one away and blew one up. The next scene, he's in the back of a cop car. The sheriff talks to the doctor and he's like, Well, we got the bleeding stopped, but we need to get him to a hospital. And the sheriff is like, Don't worry, my deputy's gonna get you to the hospital, Malone. You'll be okay. And the deputy's like, Yes, sir. And he pulls off and he starts racing through the forest, going over all these humps, and Malone's getting thrown around in the back and he's, Ah, ooh, eek, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Then finally, Malone realizes that he's in trouble and he takes the wheel. And he forces the car off the road, and it it goes up a bank and then flips over. Another deputy comes up to the sheriff and said, Well, there's been an accident. There's been a broken back. And the sheriff thinks it's Malone. And he's like, No, it was the other deputy. And the sheriff is like, Oh, shit. And they rush to the hospital, and we see Malone in a bed in the hospital. Now, I'm guessing this hospital must be out of the jurisdiction because it turns out that... Uh, Delaney has bought everything and everybody. So the fact that Burt Reynolds is kind of safe in this hospital must mean that it's a hospital not under Delaney's influence as of yet. That's why the sheriff can't get to him. That's why anybody can't get to him. And while all this is happening, we, see, we cut back to Cliff Robertson's house and he has this safe room, I'm going to call it, With a bunch of computers. And he starts running checks on Malone. So now he knows who he's dealing with. Lauren Hutton shows up at the hospital. Sees a guy sitting out in front of Malone's room. Goes into the nurse's lounge and changes. Comes into Malone's room. She's like, okay, we got company outside. So you have to act like a patient or else we're both dead. And she wheels him out in front of this guy and takes him to a place, a safe place. It's never mentioned if it's hers, where she got it. It's just what she calls a safe place. She slowly nurses him back to health. While she's doing this, she calls her bosses at the CIA and says, yes, I found him, but I lost him again. It looks like she is not going to kill Malone. She's going to try to help him and protect him. Because he's out of it. He is out of it. She could have killed him any time in any way, but she doesn't. And we slowly see Burt Reynolds getting stronger, getting stronger. And while this is happening, Lauren Hutton is offering him drinks and he's not accepting them because he still thinks something is up. I guess that's safe. But like I said before, she could have killed him any time. He gathers his strength. They end up having sex. Gross. Then after they have sex, he's like, I got to go back for my car. And he says, if you're not here when I get back, I understand. And she smiles. And Burt Reynolds is like, okay, you're going to be here when I get back. Cool. And he goes and gets, how does he get his car, though? I don't know where he's at. How is he going to get there with no automobile? Is he going to walk there? How many miles away is it? Because he can't drive there because he's got to drive his car back. Is he going to take a cab? I don't understand. No. So it's just, it's just one of those vague things that a person gets to a place without knowing how to get to a place, without really being able to get to a place. Now we see him say goodbye to the father and the daughter. And here is the culmination of the inappropriate behavior. And this is all done in front of her father, by the way. She runs up to Malone as he's walking away. And she says, in five years, I'll be older. And Malone goes, so will I. And he gives her a kiss on the lips. The culmination of creepy in front of her father. And her father has no problem with this. Who is protecting this young girl? It's not her father, and it's not Burt Reynolds. So this is just awkward and wrong and awkward and wrong. I had to say it twice. It's so awkward and wrong! Oh, Well, we cut back to the house where Lauren Hutton is. And the bad guys have found her, somehow. We never find out how. She says it's a safe house. It ain't that safe, apparently. Because the bad guys find her. And they want to force her to tell them where Bert reynolds is morning not so fast princess easy now take everything real slow i think it would be better for you if you tell me where he is He went to the airport. It's probably over Denver by now. That's right. And you stayed behind just to take in the sights? Somehow I feel you're going to tell me what I want to know. Well, Burt Reynolds comes back, and the house is empty. The house is empty. So these guys, they raid the house. Well, okay, here's what happens. The house is empty, but he finds Lauren Bacall in a bathtub with a plastic bag around her head. They suffocated her. Now he's pissed. Now he's mad. So Cliff Robertson, once again, has put another nail in his grave. Burt Reynolds was probably just going to leave after this. I really, really like the fact that Cliff Robertson is pushing Burt Reynolds to fucking kill him. It's, that's exactly what he's doing. And that's his, yeah. Now, the, what I was going to say here is the house is empty, but Cliff Robertson knows that she's, you know, Lauren Hutton is there. Maybe Burt Reynolds is going to come back. Maybe leave somebody there. Somebody watch the house. Maybe don't engage Burt Reynolds, but keep an eye on him. Radio back to the, you know, home base. I know where he's at. Nothing. The rest of the movie is basically Burt Reynolds tracking down Cliff Robertson at his at his fortress. That's what the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie is. Burt Reynolds using his CIA stuff against all the hired hands. One against dozens. And we've seen this in thousands and thousands of movies. Now, I'm just going to comment on a couple of things during this. One is Burt Reynolds finds Cliff Robertson's second-in-command and suffocates him with a plastic bag. And he's like, huh? Do you like it? Do you like it? Now, there's no way Burt Reynolds could have known that he was the guy that actually suffocated Lauren Hutton. No way in the world for him to know. What he should have done is suffocated everybody with a plastic bag he would have eventually gotten them all. But there's no way for him to have known who did that. So there's no way for him to have said that when he was suffocating him with a bag. And there's no reason him to suffocate him with a bag. He did not know who it was. Another thing I want to point out is, is during this last 15 minute scene, there are a lot of scenes which are clearly not Burt Reynolds. Clearly a stunt double, which is fine for stunts. But a lot of these shots were not stunts. A lot of these shots were just like him running around. I guess they couldn't get him. They filmed the movie. It was too short. They needed to fill this in. So it's really, really obvious in a couple of scenes that it's not Burt Reynolds. But the scenes did not need a stunt. So there's no reason to have a stuntman in his place. I guess the fact is that Burt Reynolds was just no longer on the set. Well, you know what happens. Burt Reynolds kills all of them. And now we're in Cliff Robertson's safe room. And he's, once again, he's giving Burt Reynolds a speech about America. How we need to protect America. How we all need to be patriots. And during all of this speech, we just see Burt Reynolds going in and out of the shadows. And then, finally, Burt Reynolds just shoots Cliff Robertson. It's one of the most anticlimactic endings to a movie I've ever seen. All this buildup for him to get his hands on Cliff Robertson and he shoots him off screen. We don't even see him get shot. That's it. That's how he resolves the problem. We don't see anything. We see more about these stupid henchmen that we don't have any investment in than him taking down Cliff Robertson. Walking off the compound, the sheriff pulls up. I don't know how they killed the phone lines earlier. but the sh- now, And this is a stupid scene as well. The sheriff pulls up, and he pulls his gun out. And then the compound explodes because Burt Reynolds evidently sent an explosive. The cop has his gun out and drawn. The compound explodes. He puts his gun away, crawls into his car, and cowers thinking that Burt Reynolds is going to shoot him. And Burt Reynolds just takes out his hand, makes a gun, pulls his thumb trigger, and walks away. And that's the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. What The most anticlimactic... This, this movie was not well. I could, I can't really say it's anticlimactic because this movie was never climactic in the first place. So it can't be anti if something never was. That's Malone, nineteen eighty-seven. What did I think of the movie? It's a dull movie. There's a couple of good scenes in there between Burt Reynolds and Cliff Robertson. There's a couple of well-acted scenes, but that's it. I could see why this movie didn't do well. Nothing happens in it. And we don't get the we don't get the real Burt Reynolds. We get this stoic robotic Burt Reynolds, which is no fun at all during this movie. I believe this movie is free on YouTube. If you want to check it out, fine. But I would just say give it a pass. Stick with Burt Reynolds' other works. If you want to see what he looked like, because he's wearing a very obvious toupee during this. This is one of the worst toupees I've ever seen on Burt Reynolds. But if you want to see what it was like for him during his downtime, check out this movie. But it's not going to be too thrilling, and I doubt that you'll be entertained by it. And that's it! That's another episode of the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Tune in next time, and I am out of here. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. You know the real world. It can't be weighed down by sentiment. The barlows of the world are part of the problem. They're mindless sheep. Get in our way. We. deal with the traitors we need you Richard who needs me your country America you're misguided Richard you're damaged goods you shouldn't be fighting me Richard We should be on the same side. Richard, we're so much alike.